This is your host, Jordan Carroll, and welcome to the Sunday Ain't Scary Podcast, the show dedicated to those addicted to living outside of their comfort zone, obsessed with designing a life of freedom, and for those who choose to make every day count because they know Sunday Ain't Scary. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Sunday Ain't Scary Podcast. This is Jordan Carroll, your host. Thank you for joining me. This is the first official episode of the pod. And this podcast is, is really dedicated to those who are addicted to living outside of their comfort zone, who are obsessed with designing a life of freedom. So if you consider yourself a person like that, or if you're somebody who's like that, make sure you send this podcast their way. Okay, today's topic, super excited to talk about it. It is about a subject that... I feel like is pretty misunderstood in our culture, in our society, and also is just completely life-changing for me. And so uh, I'm going to share a little bit of my thoughts on ayahuasca. For those of you listening on audio, you can also watch this on YouTube. It'll be available as a video. So let's talk a little bit about ayahuasca. And by the way, this podcasting thing is not easy. I have done a number of takes of this episode already, and I think it's kind of just because it's one of my first ones, but man, they do not tell you that this shit ain't easy. I mean, it looks so easy to just talk, but I think I'm also a perfectionist. So I'm always trying to make sure that everything that I say is perfect. And that's part of what I'm trying to get over by doing this is by practicing kind of this long form conversational dialogue with myself and with you, I'm able to hone that skill, right? So anything that you find difficult in life and want to get better at, like me with this kind of uh, content, you just got to go do it. Like I've been sitting there thinking about doing this podcast for a long time, but the practice of actually fucking doing it, like actually (laughs) sitting here and being like, oh, I'm going to just start talking. That has already taught me a lot and I haven't even gotten really through the first episode. So I just thought I would say that. Now, speaking of life lessons, speaking about facing fears, finding truths, self-improvement, development, whatever you want to call it, ayahuasca. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what it is. I want to talk a little bit about my experiences with it. And then I want to talk about just a couple of lessons that I took from my experiences with ayahuasca. And then Hopefully, those kind of things can provide perspective to you, and not just if you want to do ayahuasca, but there are some some of these lessons that will apply to you whether or not you've done any plant medicine or whether or not you've done ayahuasca, whether or not you don't want to do it or do want to do it. So ayahuasca is a brew, a brew of different plants that originated in the Amazonian jungle. It has hallucinogenic effects when you drink it, and traditionally what's done is in a ceremony, you'll have a shaman who is administering you the quote-unquote medicine, right? So they give you the cup of ayahuasca. In, in every circumstance that I've done it, I've done it in Peru, I've done it in Colombia, and I've done it in Mexico. I've done about eight ceremonies. Each of those times, there's a shaman that basically is pouring the ayahuasca into a cup, giving that to you as the recipient. You're drinking that and typically you go sit down and you wait for it to take effect. So let me tell you a little bit about each of the experiences that I've had with it and then what I've learned because it's been very different every time. When I first heard of ayahuasca, I think it was back in 2018, I had no idea what to expect, but I had done LSD, I had done mushrooms, so I had done some other hallucinogenic drugs. Now, I had not always done those with much intention. When I was maybe 16, 17 was the first time that I tried shrooms. And for me, that was just wanting to kind of get messed up, right? And and have a good time. So 
the thought behind ayahuasca and going and doing that at the age that I did it, which I was about 28, I believe, for me, it was a much more intentional medicinal ceremony is what I would say. It wasn't a, a quote unquote drug, right? I was actually trying to get some sort of introspective experience. I was trying to tap into this other world that I didn't really know much about. And I was trying to just have a new experience with an ancient medicine, right? That's been used for centuries in different places. And it has not been always an easy thing for me within ayahuasca and within the ceremonies because it will show you things that you don't necessarily want to see. It can be very difficult. But on the other side of it, pretty much every single time was a better understanding of who I am and a better understanding of the world. So the first time that I did it, I was in Peru in 2019, in January of 2019. And I had gotten an invitation from someone I knew to go to this five-day self-development kind of oriented retreat where there was going to be some coaching, like more like life coaching and different exercises that were largely structured on like Tony Robbins and some of his stuff, which I really like Tony Robbins. So that did appeal to me. So I went there and I was in Lima, Peru, and I took a flight to Iquitos, Peru. And I've documented like all of this first experience in a long form article. So I'll kind of go over some of the highlights and then you can read the whole article if you really want to. So we go to Iquitos, which is about, I think it was like an hour flight or something, but it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's in the middle of the Amazonian jungle and you get to this small little town of Iquitos and it is like the ayahuasca capital of the world. Basically, all the restaurants there were featuring the ayahuasca diet, which there are some preparations that you have to do before ingesting ayahuasca. It usually starts about a week or two in advance. You can't eat any oil or salt. You can't have sex. You can't eat spicy foods. There's just a bunch of different restrictions. Red meat. And there, there's some scientific reasons behind that that I'm probably not scientific enough to explain. So I'm not going to go there, but they basically have this diet that you want to adhere to prior to make sure that it one takes full effect or takes the most effect that it can and it doesn't mix bad with something else that you've either eaten or taken. So we get to Iquitos and we have to take this boat, this what they call slow boat, down the Amazon River. And we take this boat for an hour and it's hour, hour and a half. And you're just, it was surreal. I'm from a big city. I'm from California. I'm from the Bay Area. And I live in this world where growing up, Everything that I could ever need and everything more than I could ever need is right within reach. And there's so much noise and people, distraction, cars, the stuff that takes us so far away from who we naturally are as a human and how, who our ancestors were and everything, right? And you go to this remote village in Peru and you just realize like how much none of this shit matters. Like for me, it was even before I had done the ayahuasca, just taking that boat and being on the Amazon River with there's a bunch of families on this boat who have big like bags of like fruit and various other like just necessities. So they had to take that boat into Iquitos, which is the major town for them. They're taking this slow boat back to their village. So it was just this kind of surreal experience to be on a boat with all these people who are going back to their village in the Amazon jungle. <laughs> This city boy from like San Francisco Bay Area is seeing this. And that already kind of changed my perspective. And I see all these kids and they're just like playing on the logs in the river and just like pushing each other off and just laughing hysterically. And it was just a really cool experience. So we get to this compound where we're going to be actually spending the next five days. There's little rooms for each of us with mosquito nets, thank God, because there was just a ton of, of mosquitoes. And 
I think it was the second or third night that we were going to be doing the ayahuasca. So they bring in these two shamans who between the two have 50, 60 years of uh, shamanic experience administering the medicine. And it gets dark and preparing. We did what's called combo earlier in the day, which is a frog venom. And they burn little holes on your arm, which is kind of wild. And then they put the secretion of the frog venom on your arm. And then you just crap and throw up. Like, it it poisons you, basically. And it clears you out. And what it's meant to do is, I think, remove a lot of the the toxins and the bile. And So there's some of this stuff that's like, there's scientific parts of it, but a lot of it is also symbolic, right? So you do these symbolic purges, and that's a lot of of what these shamanic people believe, or, or the people that are administering these medicines, is that you need to purge because there's so many toxins within us. And that can be from trauma, that can be from other unhealed wounds that you have, emotional damage that you've with, withstood, things that you've pushed away, emotions you haven't dealt with, all that stuff, right? So we, the shamans get there and there's two of them for four of us, which is wild because every other experience I've had with ayahuasca beyond that, it was way more than four people and then maybe even one shaman. So we're sitting there and they administer the medicine and I end up doing two glasses of ayahuasca and holy crap. I mean, this hit me like crazy. If you want to see like the rest of the full story, like I said in the article that I wrote, I think that that's a really good summarization of of everything that happened. But I want to point out one specific example of something that happened, what I learned from it, and then a couple other lessons, and then kind of wrap it up from there. But basically, at one point during the ceremony, the girl that was next to me started freaking out. She started crying hysterically. She started um, screaming. She started rocking back and forth, just causing a lot of disruption. And I looked over at her and in my mind, the thing that popped up first was, why is she doing this to me? This was the first time that I'd ever saw the moment happen and then my ego attach a thought and meaning to that moment. I'll say that again. She had this moment happen to her, which was experiencing trauma and sadness and fear, and she was just crying belligerently. And then my brain, my ego, went out of its way to attach a meaning to that situation to say, why is she ruining my ayahuasca trip? That lesson in itself, just being able to see it happen in that moment was so huge for me because I immediately like realized how selfish I am. And I realized how many times during the day I do that. Someone takes a turn on the street and cuts in front of me. And I'm like, oh, why the hell they do that to me? Someone doesn't think to include me in an email or some type of invitation for a party or whatever. It's like, why did they do that to me? And the reality is, is like our ego in the way that it works is that it just creates judgment. Like things just happen and our ego is there to protect us how fragile we are, basically, and tell us that we need to judge things, we need to attach meaning to things, and it becomes about us because of the ego. And it was just wild because that was something that even well after that experience, I I always kind of come back to that. So being in those ayahuasca ceremonies really helped me understand a lot about the ego, a lot about where how my thoughts and moments are different. I also had this intense connection, not only to the other people in the room, but to everything, to 
animals, to nature, to even the wood that the house was made out of. I realized that everything is kind of connected through energy exchange. If you walk down the street and you're smiling, you walk by somebody. Well, I know everybody has masks on right now, but... (laughs) I don't wear my mask on. I don't wear my mask outside. So if you see me, I might be smiling. But if you walk by someone, what do you think the chances are? If you smile, what do you think the chances are that they will smile back versus if you're frowning or if you're not looking away or you're looking down, whatever, what do you think the chances of them are are, are smiling? So I mean that to say in a very simple example is like the way that we externalize our energy is the way that we are connected to other people. So if I decide consciously to spread positive energy, a lot more of positive energy is going to come back to me. And I'm going to realize that I'm connected to a lot of that type of energy because that's the energy that I either tolerate or I exude myself. So it's very interesting because in those moments when you're in in the medicine and you're in this, it's like a vortex, like your mind, there's no sense of time. Like time does not exist. It's another world. It feels more real than where we're at in this real world now. And it's just like, it's just crazy. Like you have to experience it to see it firsthand. And if you've ever done psychedelics, some of these things that I'm saying might resonate. If you haven't and and it calls you, I definitely have recommendations for places in Mexico, in Peru, in Colombia. So if you're ever in those places, you can just hit me up for recommendation for places that I've actually been to. And every single time has been so different. And all three of the, the places that I've been have had their own lessons. Although each time I think there's been a baseline understanding that each time that I am able to reach that consciousness, which is like a connected consciousness, not only to here and to other people, but to my ancestors. It's crazy. Like I was imagining and seeing my ancestors and what they like, not even just like people I'm related to, but like cavemen. Like I'm imagining the environments that you're put in during an ayahuasca ceremony are very important. So you really want to be in an environment that's loving, that's safe, that's trusted. And yeah, just the facilitation of that experience is so important. So something to keep in mind. And the silence, like the silence of being in a ceremony and being internal and going inside rather than seeking the validation of from other people or feeling like you need to talk and do all that stuff. It's not about that. It's really about going inside and figuring out who you are, what makes you tick, exposing some of the stuff that maybe you haven't really wanted to deal with in a long time. And it can just be the most powerful experience in the world. It has been for me. I've recommended it to numerous friends of mine, especially the place that I go to in Mexico. I've I've probably recommended it to 10 plus people and every single one has had a life-changing experience there. So ayahuasca is something that also has some restrictions if you have certain mental uh, conditions, any medical conditions. So you do want to make sure to consult with the shaman or the spiritual leader, whoever you're doing it with. The guy that I go to in Mexico, he has a a form that you have to fill out first and you just want to be really honest because if there's certain medications that you take or certain things that you deal with from a medical circumstance, like you just want to be, be sure that you're going to be okay. And uh, part of it is also just letting go. So as long as you have, you don't have those medical issues, one of the biggest themes of ayahuasca and actually going and doing it is letting go because you can't always determine what's going to happen. In fact, you can never determine what's going to happen in life. You can try to expect what's going to happen. You can try to control it. You can do this and do that to ensure that it happens. But once you're there, once you're in that moment, all bets are off and you got to let go. So I'm going to let go of you from this episode. I hope you enjoyed 
the first one here about ayahuasca. If you have any more questions or if you want to chat with me about it, I'm certainly an open book and I will leave the article that I wrote, which is about a 25-minute read. So it's a much more in-depth experience about my first time doing ayahuasca. I will leave that in the comments. Uh, or in the description of this episode, and I hope that you've enjoyed this first one. I'd love for you to also listen to the next one. Thank you so much, you beautiful bastard. I appreciate you listening to the Sunday Ain't Scary podcast. If you found value from this show, please consider three absolutely free ways that you can support, all of which will be linked in the show notes as well. Number one is leave a review. Reviews are the lifeblood of any podcast. It helps other people find me and determine if it's worth it to listen to the show. Number two, subscribe or follow wherever it is that you're listening to, whatever platform you're on. Number three, share this episode with one friend who needs to hear it. Now, if you're interested in the video version of this podcast, you can go to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Jordan Carroll, or check out the show notes, which will have links to all my social platforms, websites, and of course, anything mentioned in this show. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep wandering. You're not lost.